0: my We thought that Sofia, said all the shone. Sophia, Sophia, had E Simcha, orla Yehudi. Yom Shabbaton, Yom Machmadi. Shomra veZohra, Eimam Eidi. Ki leShisha Kav Beruim VeOdi.
2: So we in the if show you a i am
1: J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. How's everybody doing on this Friday era of Shabbos? That's my big question. How's everyone doing on this Friday era of Shabbos? How's everyone doing when we have... How many days is it? (laughs) I can't even remember anymore. (laughs) Um... How's everybody doing? We have seven days remaining, essentially, till we get to Erev Yontif. Wow. Hard to believe, huh? It is somewhat hard to believe. One week from tonight will be Shabbos Hagadol. Wow. One week from tonight will be Shabbos Hagadol. And the one week from tomorrow night, we'll be sitting down to the Seder. Unbelievable. Simcha Leiner with Hamelach. You heard Miami Mizrach, Yomze. Hashem is one that was Schlockrock. You strolled Juskowitz, it's Di. David Perlman with Bowie that's brand new. Leil Shabbos Medley from Micha Gammerman. And of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this March 19th, day six in the month of Nissan, the year 5781. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayikra with candle lighting time at uh, 647 here in New York. Now, that's late. You know why? We're on daylight savings time. In Israel, they are not on daylight savings time. It's a six-hour time difference this Shabbos between the Eastern time zone and Israel. Um. That'll be uh, adjusted back to 7 next week. But anyway, our candlelighting time in this area is 647, a lot later than we're used to. Mazel tov to those who are finishing Maseches Psachim on Monday. Monday is a siyum day in Dafyomi. Mazel tov to those who are completing Maseches Psachim. Uh, this coming uh, Monday, 35 degrees, partly cloudy, windy out there. It is windy with a high of 44. Clear tonight, low 31, and tomorrow, Shabbos, sunshine, and a high of 56 degrees. You should lie right now, at 60. We're at 35 here in New York. As we say good morning at JM and the AM. Well, we are doubling down on, uh, on our uh, Chesed initiative. We're doubling down. Uh, I was going to let today go by without a special guest via telephone, and um, I'm not going to let that happen. later on in the 8 o'clock hour, Steve Adelsberg, uh, who has been a uh, an amazing friend of ours here, and, and yet is again, as he will insist on being called, a regular balabas who will converse with me about the importance of doing random acts of chesed. Before Yontif, and when people thank, remember it takes two, right? The whole campaign is, it takes two. When someone contacts you to thank you for the chesed you've done for them, whatever it is, and believe you me, I can give you a million recommendations. Uh, when someone, um, when someone makes a specific recommend, when someone contacts you specifically to thank you for what you've done. Um, our recommendation, our recommendation is you simply say to them, do the same, do, do a similar thing for a- another person or family before Yuntif. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait till the summer, don't wait till the end of the year, don't wait five years, do it before next Friday, do it before next Friday. Um... I'm looking at an... Well, you know what? Maybe I'll save this for the 8 o'clock hour. Yeah, I think I'll save this for the 8 o'clock hour. But uh, there are so many important messages to to transmit this time of year as so many people are, I don't want to say struggling, but are are meeting the challenge of what it's like to make Pesach and meeting the challenge of all the different things that, that people are juggling. Um... Families, singles, people in really difficult circumstances are juggling this time of year, and um, if you want to, uh, if you want suggestions of what you could do, this is the place. We've been giving some nice suggestions. By the way, yesterday I gotta, I gotta look what time this was. I gotta look what time this was. To me, it's important to know exactly when. Let me look it up for a second. Yesterday, uh, I'm in the car returning from a meeting, and I got to look this up when this was, and my phone rings. 4.10 p.m. yesterday, my phone rings. 4.10 p.m. yesterday, my phone rings. And Rabbi Wialgus, leader of New Jersey NCSY, is on the other end. And by the way, I could not thank him enough for making this phone call. He didn't have to make the phone call. He doesn't need to keep me updated about what's happening at the New Jersey NCSY office. <laughs> I'm not obligated to be kept in the in the loop. But um, Rabbi wialgus is a kind man, and knew that what he that uh, knew that the news that he had would bring a smile to my face. A e chesed in and of itself, by the way. So he calls me. He says, "I just have to tell you. I just have to tell you. Our phone has been ringing off the hook. Emails are coming in constantly. Everybody wants to be part of this mitzvah of providing amusement park tickets to families that could never afford it." Now, I don't have to tell people you know who are listening right now, especially those who've tried to you know over the last many years take their kids to different attractions and events. You know, you go anywhere with four, five, six kids. You know, you go to an, to an aquarium, you go to a zoo, you go anywhere. It, it's very, very expensive. That's the bottom line. It's very, very expensive. A theme park ticket legitimately is $37.50 in 2021. And, you know, it's and, and, it, and it's almost hard, and I know this sounds ridiculous to some people listening around the world, it's almost hard not to admit that that's a good price. <laughs> it's like, you know, but when you have, you know... Uh, 5678 people that adds up a lot and we spoke about the importance of a uh, of a child uh not being alone with no friends and no family to you know to enjoy a a day with we know what that's like or too many of us know what that's like so we created this concept years ago uh asking people to please just think as they are purchasing their tickets for a great adventure and this year I know everyone's purchasing tickets because everybody just wants to get outside and do something and roam around and meet people and just you know breathe some fresh air frankly Uh, and have fun at the games and the rides and all that so I I know a lot of people are buying tickets this year a lot of people are buying tickets this year and when you have a family of eight ten people you know it's a three four hundred dollar investment but again you know a lot of people don't mind investing that money for their family. Uh, plus, you're going to be buying food. Plus, you're going to be, you know, playing some games and all that stuff. It's it's, it's an expense. But um, we've been asking for years, for like 20 years, that as you buy tickets, purchase tickets for others. And NCSY will continue to maintain a list of families that would never be able to go on a Cholomoi trip, and they'll get those tickets to those families. And they actually have. And this was amazing yesterday when Rabbi Wealgas revealed this while we were on the air. And I literally donated during the show right after he told us this. If you click on the menu at the right of the page, ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com, if you click there, it says Donate. It says it right there. And Donate, in this case, means Donate Tickets. So um, that's one way. And I know it's, it's one of the ways that I've been, you know, primarily speaking about, but that's one way to go ahead and uh, really make a family's chalamoid and make a kid's chalamoid. So They go back to school instead of saying they did nothing over yontif, they could say that, you know, they had a great time and, you know, had an opportunity to hang out with a lot of people in the Jewish world, which is a great option compared to some of the other places that kids could hang out when they have too much free time. So that's that, uh, ncsygreatadventure.com for all the details. Otherwise, you know what we've been saying. Whether you're leaving a $4 bottle of wine on someone's doorknob with a nice note to enjoy Yontif, hope this enhances your Yuntif, or sending them a book like the brand new book about Rabbi Grossman, Living Legend, that I think is a great idea for someone who might be alone over Yuntif and just wants to you know, delve into a real page turner that'll help the time go by with so many great Musser lessons from that book. I mean, just I'm just giving one example. There's a thousand examples I can give. Or if you're paying for someone's dry cleaning. Or now, you know, a lot of people are turning over their kitchens to Pesach Sunday and Monday. A lot of people this Sunday and Monday are going to be turning over their Pesach, their kitchen to Pesach. So maybe now is the time to contact your local pizza shop and say to them, here's my credit card. Send the following three families some pizza pies on Wednesday and Thursday next week when it's going to be really hard. For families to feed their kids while they're trying to prepare for Pesach, especially, you know, to feed them chametz that they want. You know, we have nine days ahead of non-chametz. <laughs> We've got uh, Shabbos, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, right? For those of us who keep uh, who keep eight days of yontif outside of Israel, it's a nine-day adventure of no chametz. So, you know, a lot of families are going to want to have some uh, pizza and pasta next week so contact your local pizza shop and have them do that walk into your local supermarket i bet in a real in a heavy jewish neighborhood i bet every store manager knows which families need help i'll i bet it they know believe me they know they know because when there's trouble that families have paying their bills They know because when uh, families ask them, if anybody ever has, you know, gift cards for Tzedakah, please keep us in mind. I know that that's a fact. Speak to your store manager. Purchase some gift cards. They will distribute them to the people who need it. And then, of course, again, whenever you're thanked, the answer is don't thank me. Just do something similar for somebody else before Yontif. It doesn't have to cost anything. It could be just, you know, checking in on you. 'Cause we haven't spoken in a year and it's been a really difficult year just checking in, want to make sure you're okay and, you know. Someone said yesterday they were sending flowers for Yuntif to a family that lost somebody last last Pesach to COVID. It's pretty meaningful a year later when a family realizes that people are thinking of them. That's pretty meaningful. On a lot of different levels. It's not just it's not just doing something nice for Yuntif. it's really you know, they're gonna look at those flowers the entire Yuntif and think, Wow, that was really nice that people are understanding the grief that we're going through now that Pesach is back. So that's my uh, that's my spiel. Uh, we'll welcome Steve Adelsberg on the air in uh, about two hours from now to discuss this even more. Uh, Candlelighting in New York 12 hours from now. <laughs> 647. <laughs> Candlelighting in New York. On this era of Shabbos, Parshas Vayikra. And I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, next week is Shabbos HaGadol and Erev Yuntif. Unbelievable. Malcolm Holmline with the weekly update coming up just under an hour from now here at JMNAM. he will go through the news of the week. Lots happening. This was some week. In a lot of ways, this was some week. We'll discuss all that with him coming up and plenty more. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course. Harry Rothenberg at the top of the hour. Man, I'll tell you, you tune in here on a Friday. Mark Zomick's got an incredible collection of uh, Arab Shabbos selections. We call it the uh, the Arab Shabbos Show, uh, which is going to air on uh, this network at ten a.m. Eastern Time. That is brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Um. Yeah, so that the Arab Shabbos Show is uh, ten o'clock brought to you by Kedem. Erev is music mix all day long, brought to you by Kedem. The final hour, which today will begin at about uh, a quarter to six Eastern time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And a big thank you, of course, to Mark Zomik. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. (laughs) A.M. and the A.M. Odcha is brand new from Ruven Garber. We had a nice morning with him A New Music Alert Day recently. Check out the archive at alchomsigl.com and, of course, on the NSN app. Uh, that's called Odcha. Uh, ben Sion the late, great Ben Sion before that. With Lashana Haba. Yeah, we'll be saying those words soon. And uh, Baruch HaMakom, a little bit of a... Uh, Tease for the upcoming holiday of Pesach. Words from the Hagada. Hard to believe that we are this close to the holiday. A week from tomorrow night. Seder night. It's Friday. It's Arif Shabbos, Parshas Vayikra. candlelighting at 647. Mazal Tov to those who are completing Maseches Pesachim uh, on Monday. It's a big accomplishment in the world of Daf Yomi, the one-page-per-day Talmud study. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world of weather, <laughs> and the NachoMesigal Network, and of course, any beloved NSNF.
2: <laughs>
1: Nothing like pre-Pesach commercials and conversation from Israel. Nothing like it. <laughs> 35 degrees, partly cloudy, windy at a high of 44. Clear tonight, low 31. Shabbos, sunny in this area with a high of 56 degrees. I welcome all of you from around the world. Feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. We'd love to hear from you. Gali'ital Israel Army Radio uh, 1 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next at J.M.M.
3: Gali'ital Asha Shalom Rav Baulpan El Azar Ben Loluim Ma Shikorei Achshav. The Mechaa Neged HaAlimut B'Chivra HaArvit B'Sha'ah Zom Afginim Meot Toshavim BeUmel Fachem. LeAchar Shemukdam Etar Nikbam Motor Shel Korbanas Shlishi B'Chisul SheEra Lifnot Boker Bekalansua. Yeshav Roche Rashi Ma Meshutefet Chaverakneset Aimen Ode Hagival HaEruah. HaRetzach U'Tozah Shel Adishut HaMemshalah VeHaMishtera Ve'Avkarat. התושבים בידי ארגוני פשע כתב עוד בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כתבנו לענייני החברה הערבית דורון קדוש מציין שבית המשפט השלום בפתח תקווה הוציא צו איסור פרסום על פרטי החקירה מתחילת 2021 נרצחו 20 אזרחים בני המגזר הערבי באירועי אלימות ארבעה ימים לבחירות, בית המשפט העליון דחה את עתירת הליכוד בבקשה לאפשר את המשך השימוש בביטוי חוזרים לחיים במסה הבחירות. כתבנו יניר קוזין מזכיר כי ועדת הבחירות הורתה לליכוד לחדול משימוש בביטוי זה. מוקדם יותר הבוקר, המרכזית, אורלי אדס, דחתה את נגד ההתנהלות הוועדה ואמרה לנורית קנטי בגלי צהל, היו מספר תקלות בבחירות הקודמות, אבל הפקנו את הלקחים. שובת גרפיטי עם המילים שליח האל צוות הקופים على על האנדרטה בכיכר המובילה למוזיאון יד ושם בירושלים בתגובה ממלא מקום יושב ראש הנהלת יד ושם רונן פלוט גינה בתוקף את מעשי ההשחטה ואמר יד ושם מוקדש לזכר השואה וששת המיליונים ומעשה כזה הוא פגיעה בלתי נסלחת בהם ובזכרם במיוחד בימים אלו כשאנחנו מתקרבים ליום הזיכרון לשואה ולגבורה. מבלי לקבוע את זהותו או מניעב של המשחית, אני יכול לקבוע שכל ברדת רואה את האותיות יד ושם שבאנדרטה ומבין מה היא מסמלת. החיילים הבודדים המשוחררים פתחו במאבק נגד משרד השיכון שלא משלם להם את הסיוע בשכר הדירה שמגיע להם אלפי פי חוק. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון צחי דאבוש מציין כי כל חייל בודד זכאי לסיוע של מאות שקלים בחודש בשכר דירה למשך שנים מהשחרור. ולם משרד השיקון מפסיק את הסיוע ביום שחרורם ומונע מהם אלפי שקלים. Josh Dril חי על בודד משוחזר ששר את לוחם בגולני אמר דבקה בתקופה הקלקלית הקשה הזו, סיוע אזו הוא כל כך נחוט. סר השיקון ליצמן אני מבקש ממוחתי תנו לנו את מה שמעיד לנו ביצחקת, וلي לא ב Chesed. דריל מיסר הדשיקון תרמ נימצראד גובה. מה זה קהיר מונן חיל תחול
0: Love we love, she Oh, my no, say, we love, a motherless.
1: the AM. It's uh, Mordechai Shapiro with the brand new Vahisha Umda here at J.M. and the AM. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos Parsha's Vayikra. um, Well, before we go to Harry Rothenberg and his words about Parsha's Vayikra, I am sure if he was on the air with me, he would uh, not only encourage people to participate in the Chesed campaign, it takes two that we've been talking about, but there's another way that you can be very very generous with your time and really change both your life and the life of somebody else. And that's through a Partners in Torah. And I would bet if he was with me on the air right now, he would uh, strongly recommend that people in our audience who are capable of being mentors, and you'd be shocked, you're you're likely capable of being a mentor uh, to somebody in the Partners in Torah system. Uh, You should sign up immediately, become a mentor, and really enhance the tradition and the um, heritage of somebody out there who's thirsting for it, thirsting to know more about our tradition and heritage. Uh, Go to partnersinturred.org. Go to partnersinturred.org. You can uh, call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY-42, but get in touch with them. Get in touch with them and uh, make it a priority. You'll feel great. It'll be, it'll be a chesed to yourself, <laughs> which is a nice chesed. <laughs> and obviously, it'll be a great chesed to somebody out there who is thirsting for our tradition and heritage. Partners in one 800 study four two one hundred 2 study the number four and then the number two. Harry Rothenberg has uh, words about the Parsha's Vayikra that he will share with us on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
4: It's so difficult to relate to the animal sacrifices that we read about in this week's Torah portion. Maimonides himself, the Rambam, says that sacrifices are a chok, to one of the handful of statutes in the Torah that we don't understand. Most of the time, God pays us with cash. He explains things. But occasionally, he says, can I give you a credit card? Or can I give you an IOU? I'm not going to explain it. Trust me. Someday, when you get to heaven, then you'll understand. However, we do know The sacrifices, the karbanos, were meant somehow to bring us closer to God. The root of that word karbanos, is karov, to bring closer. And we know that the sacrifices were like a Swiss army knife. They were incredibly versatile, brought for so many different reasons, different life occasions, or if somebody had sinned, holidays, purification as a way of saying thanks to God. And we know that we've got a substitute. We. Today, nowadays, we have something that replaces animal sacrifices. It's called prayer. The sages tell us that our prayers are a substitute for the sacrifices that we used to be able to bring back when there was a temple. But I have to admit, when I was younger, I had as much difficulty relating to prayer as I do to relating to animal sacrifices. Yes, In day school, they taught us how to read Hebrew, and they taught us what to say and when to say it, but I didn't know the translations of the words. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what I was saying or why I was saying it. It was incredibly boring. It was torture, but over the years, with a lot of study, a lot of experience, a lot more maturity, although my wife might quibble with that last one, now I have a much better handle on what I'm saying and why I'm saying it. And I can tell you, prayer is amazing. It's also a Swiss army knife. It's so versatile, like the sacrifices that it replaces. Think about it. You can make a local call. You can open up that prayer book or just in your own words, call and talk to your Father in Heaven. God answers the phone. All right, maybe outside of Israel, you have to dial an area code. But no matter where you are, you can be in the Amazonian rainforest or in the Arctic You will get good reception when your father in heaven answers your call of prayer and you can say to him, dad, I love you. So nice to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Oh, and by the way, I, um, I, uh, I need a new car or I need a new job or I need a job or I need a shidduch or I need a healthy child or I need a successful result for an upcoming surgery, or I need a recovery from an illness. Now you may say, yeah, I've been praying for one or more of those things for a long time and it hasn't happened. Why should I keep asking? The answer to that is that prayer is meant as an adjunct, as a companion to our other activities in life. If you've done the things you're supposed to do and not done the things you are not supposed to do, especially when it's difficult, you've faced down, you've conquered temptation, you are now a different person who's making that request. God up in heaven may say, that fellow or that woman who's been asking for that thing, person who looks a lot like you, the answer has been no, but you're now a new person. So the answer today is yes. That can happen. So don't ever give up. Don't stop praying. Sarah, Sarah, Imenu, the matriarch, her prayer for a child wasn't answered until she was 90 years old. Of course, sometimes you can improve and improve and improve and have all sorts of merits and do all the right things and none of the wrong things. And the answer is still no. And you have to accept that because your Father in Heaven knows what's best for you and for me, for us. And sometimes when you get up to pray, you're not a better person than you were the day before. You did something wrong, maybe really wrong, but you can still pick up that phone, still make that call. Your Father in Heaven is still going to answer. It may be difficult to make that call, but make it. And you can say, Dad, I feel terrible. I messed up. I know I did something wrong. And I know I deserve to be grounded or to lose the keys to the car or maybe even to be thrown out of the house but I'm begging you to forgive me to give me another chance to let me back in and he will prayer is an incredible opportunity make the most of it
0: single dog. no matter what the soldier said or how the rain would pour, Zadie always kept a smile and wiped the tears away, nothing could ever keep him down when he'd start to say, it's Shabbos now, Shabbos now, and I will sing, ay, ay, ay. Many chozer Shabbos Amalekhu. Many chozer Shabbos Amalekhu. When I will sing, I I I na 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 I I
5: Na, la la la
0: Fill your goblets to the top with royal Kiddush wine. Invite your family and your neighbors. It's now your time. Winding steers and broken dreams Papa tries to sell a little more A penny here, a penny there Mama cries and clothes she tore My Zadie always kept a smile And wiped her tears away Soon things will turn around Soon we're gonna say It's is now is now Shulchan, a root, monot pote but i not not The audience a let <imitation> So <laughs> we
6: sei der hoffleit He youngs is Him, the Revival. God of mercy Rohin with also love our son Ay ba'al atahu bal ha-yeshu ayo Ay ha ne ha-yeshu
5: Save Hachlice,
0: no, ha, It's was with so a
1: One of the most amazing, seriously, one of the most amazing Shabbat selections. Originally done on an album called The Benching Tape. Shia Menlowitz, A.B. Rottenberg. And in my opinion, that was the absolute best version of that song. Uh, done again nicely, but uh, but not close to the original on a whole bunch of other recordings. Called Ritzy. Friday morning, erev Shabbos here at J M in the A M. On this erev Shabbos, parshas Vayikra, candle lighting in New York is six forty seven. Uh, before that uh, selection, you heard the uh, Eitan Katz Shavasenu. You did nefesh from Chaim David. Yeshiva boys had Yismechu Matanot Tanot. That was Rami Kleinstein. And it's Shabbos now, eighth day here at J M in the A M. Friday morning, erev Shabbos. Thanks so much for joining us. Mazal Tov to those who are completing Maseches Psachim this coming Monday. Rabbi Yudin is coming up. We have a lot to say uh, or a lot to learn about regarding uh, this upcoming week. Uh, It is uh, going to be a very interesting Friday and Shabbos next week as it will be Erev and then Shabbos HaGadol. So a lot to talk about as we get closer and closer to the big holiday. Remember that uh, they have not yet changed the clock in Israel, so right now a six-hour difference between here and and the state of Israel, that'll be seven hours, one week from today. That's when Israel changes the clock on of Shabbos HaGadol early in the morning. Our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, is a, they are an amazing resource with thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. We always recommend, especially today, it's a long Shabbos. You want some uh, quality educational reading material, print out some great articles from JewishWorldReview.com uh, before Shabbos begins and you'll be all set to learn and uh, delve into the world of uh, politics Israel and the Jewish world go to jewishworldview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Homeline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Homeline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
7: Thank you. It's good to be with you again. We, As we approach the Great Yuntiv.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, boy, and thank God that that terrible sadness and pressure that we were feeling in the days before last Pesach, we are not feeling. I know it's not a hundred percent yet, and believe me, we'd like everything to be back to normal. But it will be a completely different Yontif than it was last year. At least we've had that. Though.
7: That's true. We didn't have a vaccine. We didn't. Uh, everything was unknown completely, and we, the schools were all closed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's hard to to think that it
1: was already a year. It is. Unbelievable to think that it's been a year. Uh, the, the news story that you and I likely could spend the entire morning speaking about and practically ignore everything else is that dozens of fragments of a Dead Sea scroll bearing biblical text have been found by archaeologists working in the Judean desert. The fragments were recovered from a cave where Jewish rebels against the Roman Empire hid around 1,900 years ago. This is an official government-issued statement in addition to all those in the area of archaeology who've commented on this. Malcolm, remind us why this is one of the most important news stories of the day.
7: Well, I think that people generally agree that the 20th century's greatest uh, archaeological discovery were the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were found in the caves near Qumran. Uh, And then uh, recently they've been finding that the... Uh, that and, and, you know, they're subject to looting by—looters uh, have been for many decades and maybe earlier looting these caves, some of which are very difficult to get to. And this is the Cave of Horrors, which you have to rappel down ropes in order to get into it. And there they found that uh, these fragments of— Um, of of, of very ancient, written in Greek, by the way, with the exception of one word that is in Hebrew, which (laughs) is the name of God. And they uh, believe now that there are many other remnants that can be found yet because of the dryness of the air. It preserves. One of the things, by the way, they found was a basket that they say could be 10,000 years old, whatever, but it's certainly the oldest basket ever found, and found intact, and they said it's something you could have seen in the Shuk in, in Yerushalayim, in the Machna Yudah, or someplace today. Uh, they also found hordes of coins from uh, Bar Kokhba rebellion. And the, um, so they have now, and for the last few months, been mapping all of these uh, caves. And because of it, when because of their activity there, the looting is diminished, and they uh, believe that, because of new technologies and stuff, they're able to find additional Dead Sea Scrolls, which give us a, a more complete picture of Svarma like Treosar and others that, uh, uh, that these fragments uh, contain. So it's, it's so monumental. It's, it's hard to believe that these things from more than 2,000 years ago uh, remain intact, that our generation should inherit it. And for those who deny our claim to the land and the Jewish claim and presence is nothing better proof than that, something that's a document and a deed of 2,000 years ago.
1: Um, what does it say about the resilience of the uh, Jewish world, especially, or members of the Jewish community, especially back then? I mean, the it, it, all of this is because of the desire, <laughs> not just the physical... Uh, um, if there was an, an intentional burial of these items, that's one issue. But just the fact that the whole story, the story as a whole, tells us about, about the resilience of the Jewish people and how they wanted to make sure to isolate themselves so they would be able to continue their tradition and heritage and be safe from the enemy. The whole story is one of such great historical context.
7: It is, and it fits into a much larger context about the... Uh, um, you know the the message that was sent to them that that your, uh, the same one that Moshe gave to to the to the Ben Israel that wanted to stay on the other side of the yard right. you're going to your brothers will go to war and you stay here They sent the same almost identical message was found um regarding the people who were in the caves and hiding out uh, away from the the Romans and the rebellion uh, there in the relative safety they thought in in the Negev. And these things which were put into um, pottery and clay uh, containers which also helped preserve it uh, really is a message to future generations and yeah. our generation is the one that is benefiting largely from it
1: yeah and now of course we have so much technology that allows us to you know to to um, preserve items photos etc forever but
7: also you know that there are x-rays now that they can do because he couldn't unfold a lot of these uh, things that would crumble and stuff so now that they have technology where they can and they can also see on, on parchment or, or fragments that they thought were blank they're now able to discern the writing that you know from two thousand years ago the oil the the, the paint um, ink uh, dissipates, so they're able now to determine it and to to read it.
1: Isn't that unbelievable? These are discovered during an era when that's possible. It's it, it, no such thing as coincidence, obviously, but it's amazing that they're discovered at a time when the, the when the when the machinery and technology you just described has been created and can go ahead and and actually X-ray and read those documents. Right, it's pretty amazing. What's it like, Malcolm? And you know, I'm a sucker for this stuff. Although it's not the most important question, what's it like? Because you've seen it when these archaeologists discover what they discovered. They must be in seventh heaven. Well, this is,
7: is, is really so significant, I know for a lot of people it may seem uh, esoteric, it is not at all. This is rediscovering our heritage, and for, for them, after uh, many years where no new discoveries were made, this opens up all new vistas of hope that we will find, and who knows what is in some of the caves that have not been breached yet, and have not been uh, looted right. over the years.
1: Uh, And, of course, when the enemy tries to deny our history or specifically uses certain geography to say the Jews have no connection to this place or that place, all of this helps in that argument. Not that we really even need to argue, but unfortunately you've told us we have no choice but to argue back about it.
7: Absolutely. I mean, this is, as I said, it's the deeds to, to, to our past and the uh, revelations, and people should read just the articles about these discoveries, what each of the fragments, and they and they all like are pieces to a puzzle, and some of them add to the existing uh, Dead Sea Scrolls that uh, are in Yerushalayim, in the, in the, in the uh, shrine of the book, that uh, help fill in the blanks. So each of these things contributes to so much more to understanding the ending of Tanakh and of the original versions that, that may have been changed over time.
1: All right, so we've dealt with the past of the Jewish people. How about the future of the Jewish people this coming Tuesday? It's not just the and pre-Pesach program this Tuesday. It's also an election in the state of Israel. And I know that you warn us every time about polls in advance, but it is interesting to see that these days before this most recent election, Netanyahu, is, it seems, is picking up steam right now.
7: Well, he's certainly campaigning very hard and and seemingly effectively and um his opponents do not seem to be catching fire uh and everybody who came out of the gate every time a new party was announced some of which have completely disappeared already um you know they jumped to to uh double digits in the predictions that they will be tend- mobilized the left the right uh, will be a challenge and mm-hmm. in the end we see that uh, Netanyahu still is in the lead that he seems to be gaining a little bit and that they the prospects of a uh, Uh, of a government between him and Bennett or him and others, even though Bennett says he won't serve under Netanyahu and all of the other things. It it, it may be that it's not conclusive whether they can get to 61. It's still not clear. Uh, But uh, I think a big factor will be the stay-at-home vote. I think a big factor will be people... Uh, who can't get back to Israel because of the travel restrictions and difficulties. Uh, and I just fatigue, just people, fourth election fatigue. People already talking about the fifth election
1: in September. Unbelievable. Now, I, I really don't remember the atmosphere before the first three of this series of elections, but is, is he in the in the best position? I mean, a few days before each election, I don't think anybody was ready to definitively say he really is on the road to forming a government. Is it a little bit different now?
7: Uh, I can't say if we've seen before. Each of the previous three in the last two years, I I, I think the fatigue factor grows each time, uh, and the demonstrations against him have been sustained, but it it seems that the bulk of the people uh, or the largest percentage uh, are still standing with him, and that nobody has given them an alternative that uh, is overwhelming enough. I think Bennett surprising people, and Sire's numbers have gone down to single digits, and right. others who are not even making the threshold right. or potentially couldn't make the may may not make the threshold. Right. But
1: I'm I'm just trying to think of the first three. It, it just I think it had more of an atmosphere of a real deadlock compared to this one I don't know I could be wrong I mean I could no, be, well
7: yes when blue and white came right, for right yes right. I think people saw it as a more credible challenge correct
1: now someone writes to me the following um that due to corona there'll be at least 300,000 votes that won't be counted till about 36 hours after the polls close now you know that we anxiously await and in this case it would be if the polls close at 9 p.m. then uh you know, it would be three o'clock here. It's a six hour difference. And we usually have some type of indication. But it, it, is this, in fact, what's going to happen now? That because of Corona, this going to be a much slower election counting, voting counting process?
7: Uh, it is in part because of corona, but I think that the um because of the margins we're talking about, I don't know that a clear trend will emerge mm. the next day even by the next day or the day after, right. and they have to wait till the army votes are counted, and you know all the foreign votes, the diplomats, everybody who votes abroad, but the uh, but we'll have some idea by I think ten o'clock New York time um, some idea you know the exit polls will tell us even earlier. Uh, what um what they believe the people are saying in the exit polls even though they usually pr- prove to be pretty much off. And the um but it could be months before we know if there's a government.
1: Right. Yeah, I get that. I always forget it's what what you thirty you had sixty days to form, right? Sixty?
7: You get 16, you Six. get an extension, and right. uh, or it's 30 and an extension. Right, uh,
1: but... <laughs> we'll, we'll be at Sookas before they start. <laughs> so crazy out True there. Sure, for sure. It's going to be similar in a way to what happened in the U.S. election, because obviously what happened overnight after Election Day was quite significant over here. We we may face the same thing over there if if they're you know if they're behind in counting that what what happens overnight Tuesday night into Wednesday could be really significant. Uh, in terms of the re- election results so we'll, we'll we'll pay even more attention or I should say we'll pay longer attention uh, to the immediate election results in Israel than we normally would It looks like it's going to take a while before we have some type of uh, indication. Um, is the election causing any changes in policy uh, are, are the skies officially open now from Israel the airport, etc I mean what we cynic- c- 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 yes yeah, cynically someone said to me on Sunday night, who knows something about what goes on in Israel? Cynically, they said to me that the moment this election is over, you will see open skies because Bibi is worried about one thing—that there'd not be a surge in any type of a corona situation between now and Tuesday. After that, hey, you know, he's ready to open up and get society back to normal. I mean, I know it sounds cynical, but is that where we're where we're heading at this They're point? A little
7: too cynical, uh, but they are. Israel's headed to towards herd immunity to help with the number of the vaccinations and the 7 million people target. um, They are opening up slowly the various restrictions, but to understand and to be honest with people about the flight um, conditions, no one knows. No one can project what will be after Passover. There are limited people. I get many calls every day, and I have to tell people there's very little we can do. I have to say the embassy, U.S. Embassy, has made a lot of problems for people, and the consulate in Jerusalem giving passports people wait also too long, and all sorts of complications in some cases where it's really an emergency, we, we, we've been, some cases, been able to help, but many not, and many people are afraid of, if they go, what about coming back? And the whole right. question of, of those who are in seminaries and yeshivas and in yep. colleges there, goes, I mean, there's just too many unknowns. And even when you get
1: guarantees, you can't depend on it.
7: <laughs> there is no, yeah, There are no guarantees, yep. and we don't know whether people will be subject to a quarantine and what they, you know, if, if people have to be vaccinated. And, oh, there are all sorts of conditions, and I get memos all the time on it, and it's impossible to figure it out and to anticipate what the conditions will be. Right oh. now, um, people... I think are are getting more Israelis are certainly getting permission to go back. Uh, The number of flights has been cut because they cut to three thousand number of Israelis can come back each day, and uh, that those numbers I think will pick up. I I would assume by Shavuos we will see tourism really starting to open up.
1: And, uh, God willing, this summer, people will be able to go. Oh, would that be amazing. Maybe even Shavuos, maybe they'll be able to actually spend I, I'm the year. You know, we'll no, right, I'm saying maybe then you know, it'll be as open as we would anticipate for the summer, which would be amazing. Uh, finally on the election, I'll move on in a second, but I, I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but BB actually made or produced an English commercial? Is this the first campaign where he's done that, where he's actually um, uh, produced a commercial aimed at Anglos living in Israel?
7: Uh, that's a good, good. It's a good trivia question. Yeah, it's I, I the wonder. First time. I don't I, know if I've heard I, of it before. I can't believe that that it is. But this time, there's been a lot of focus on the Anglo vote, and because the margins are so thin, the competition for it. You know, Bennett also appeals to them, and he speaks English well. Right. To the others, right? Um, that Bennett they, was not
1: nearly as influential in the prior campaign, right? Good
7: right. Point. And the um, uh, the fact is that that they they try to in, in, include in the lists. People who would represent the um, Anglo or diaspora communities who now live in Israel, right now Israelis, but um, it's, um, they, they got knocked off some of the key. Um, Knesset members of the past who who spoke to those communities and for those communities
1: did not get included. Yeah, it was inevitable. I just didn't know if it happened before. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the World The Web and com and the Single Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. I know we concentrate on Israel and the Jewish world, but Malcolm, you've got to give me comments about these two uh, these two situations. What do you think of the U.S.-China dust-up yesterday?
7: it 's disturbing because you don 't know how much of it is is uh, controlled or or is it is it um, uh, part of a of a deliberate process because they went then into private talks, which they say right. were more constructive right. but we had two we had several dust ups over the past few days uh, look china 's relationship is very critical China is also moving very aggressively and increasingly so by the way in the Middle East. China's good relations with Israel. Uh, China has very good relations with Turkey, but they also buy oil from Saudi Arabia. They, they, they are only exploiting for their interests, their economic interests, as they do in Africa, they do around the world, but they um, – and and there are no moral standards for it, meaning that that – they can get, work with co- countries that are engaged in the worst human rights uh, incidents. Right. And, uh, and they are involved with the Uyghurs, with other things mm-hmm. uh, that raise questions um, how they treat their own citizens and people who, who don't want us to do much business with them. On the other hand, they're a critical factor, and we are we have increasingly divergent interests in the South China Sea, in, in Asia, but around the world. As they move with this road and belt to extend their influence, moving towards Europe – certainly in, in the Mediterranean area, and they fill any void. You know, they have tankers going from the same day from Turkey and from Saudi, from uh, Iran and from Saudi Arabia to uh, back home. And, uh, you know, they have uh, endless uh, desire and appetite for, for energy, uh, but they also are using their sovereign wealth to invest and to build up their economic base in,
1: in other countries. Do you think Israel's going to regret... Uh, all the economic freedom or business freedom they've given China over the last 15, 20 years in Israel?
7: Well, they're under a lot of pressure from the United States to restrict it more. And as you know, the Haifa port was going to be uh, sold to, to to management and to taken over by a Chinese company. And they, the U.S. said that they would not call at that port anymore if that were the case because they felt that security interests would be um, endangered. Uh, the, the Israel. The Chinese are in in Israel every week. They buy into companies, you know, from everything from dairies to high tech, and they they recognize that Israel has so much to offer, and is and they have the money and the finance, and and a lot of the high tech companies manufacture in China. So there is there are really intricate relationships uh, that are involved, and the number of scholars who go from China and study in Israel. Uh, and I spoke at two universities uh, who have Hebrew departments, and uh, in in China, and and there are many more who have them. There's a fascination with Israel and with uh, with Jews, even though Judaism is not a recognized religion in China. They're only fine. But right. the growth of, of certainly Chabad in about 15 cities or more uh, reflects, the, 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 and the number of businessmen, Jewish businessmen who are there
1: continues to escalate. I, uh, I saw Shlomo Katz's Zoom kumzitz with members of the Chinese community, not Jewish community, members of the China community that he was doing with the uh, people he had met who had an interest in Israel and Judaism. The whole thing is simply... Unbelievable. The other one I got to ask you about is uh, in this corner Joe Biden, in mm-hmm. uh, this corner Vladimir Putin. What do you think of that one?
8: That's,
7: uh, it's again, a concern because, uh, you know, the relationship with uh, Russia is very uh, sensitive and they recalled their ambassador uh, at a protest. Um, and, you know, the president was asked, he didn't volunteer this, but he was asked, is he a killer? And he said yes. And he said he's not going to apologize for that. And, Putin's answer was, uh, you have to be one to know one, and this tension is, uh, is escalating. I think it's, it's got to be of concern. Remember, we have very intricate uh, relationships, positive and negative, with, uh, with Russia. They have engaged in extensive maneuvers. They even did them with Iran. Uh, they've done it with other uh, countries that are of concern to us. Uh, they've had extensive maneuvering near Alaska they are a, a power. and We have to see how they are escalating their their spread, achieving things that even under the czars they did with their naval bases in Syria, in their involvement in Libya, their involvement in the Red Sea. I mean, they, it is, uh, you know, it's not to be dismissed. And Putin, while he doesn't have a strong uh, hand to play because the economy is so weakened, etc., but he's very shrewd in the way that he's able to to utilize it. And to uh, assure Russia's role and and dominance in in
1: many areas. And on top of that, he has the capability, as we saw yesterday, to make a joke of the president of the United States. I mean, look at he... their role in Syria. I mean, they 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 line
7: up with Turkey against Iran. They line up with Iran against Turkey. They line up. They they allied with against both of them. And they they their minimal investment, um, although it's the cost has has grown and there's. Perhaps less support for it than than there was, but they they you know they are they are in critical places in in Israel their relationship is good with Israel and they they have uh Putin has told me that you know they have the best interest that he once told Arafat you attack Israel you're attacking Russia there's a million of my people there etc but Russia pursues its interests and they do it in the way that is least expensive but that Plant, plants its flag as it is in Libya and other places and wherever they feel the United States is withdrawing they move
1: in isn't true you, you, you got it, uh, malcolm if you don't mind just, I don't know if you have to move closer to the base we're we're losing you in terms of the phone connection but but every time that you keep saying that you know Russia's looking out for its interests but it they it always looks like conflicting interests and you just outline that for us they're taking both sides in almost every conflict
7: Yes, so you got it right
1: Russia. No, but I'm saying that's their... You don't, that, have, you don't look
7: for consistency in any of these things because you're not going to find it.
1: No, I get that. But when you say, you know, look out for their best interests, I, I assume you mean that today our best interest is to be on this country's side, and tomorrow our best interest is to be on this country's side. I mean,
7: or, or to be on both countries' side when they can't. <laughs> look, they, they, they pulled off the of coup because they can claim that they brought peace between Armenia and Azerbaijan, even though Armenia is their ally, but the Azeris got the better of the deal. But they negotiated, it kept Iran out in the process, Turkey obviously got in, Israel was tangentially in, <clears throat> so they they are able to to move in, in these regards with greater freedom. And he doesn't, you know, he's not held to account by, uh, by a parliament, although we've seen the demonstrations inside Russia against him as well. So there is a public opinion that develops, but they know how to control it.
1: Yesterday, your daily alert, um, the headline was the IAEA's uh, uh, assessment that Iran is enriching uranium with new advanced centrifuges at an underground plant in Iran. I mean, this is, I I know that I'm expressing impatience regarding a United States decision about how to proceed regarding the Iran deal. But again, as I said last week and the week before, it just seems that that these delays benefit only one country, and that 's Iran, so I know you're you are right when you reassure us that it 's a bad idea to jump into an agreement or you know to at least give President Biden and his staff time on this. but again, as the IAEA points out, Iran just takes advantage of these delays
7: well they're moving on many fronts they they, they uncovered an underground ballistic missile site that um, is operational um, with the four new launching positions that have been seen uh, from satellites, that each of which can launch two ballistic missiles, we know that they uh, have tried to export more and more sophisticated equipment to their allies, the Houthis, Hamas, Hezbollah, trying to get them to be independent and manufacture uh, more sophisticated the guidance systems, for instance, for their missiles. That's why Israel's hitting in Syria, because we know that Mahan Air, which is Iranian, and the Syrian Air Force and others were flying equi- uh, ammunition and equipment, and Israel – Uh, hit the storage uh, facilities, and you saw the big explosions that came with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Iran is moving on. They're installing more advanced uh, centrifuges, each of which means that they can produce much more enriched uranium much faster. The breakout time continues to shrink i know it doesn't mean anything when i tell people about the new cascades and the the ir3 the ir4 centrifuges that No are that
1: that may not mean anything but we understand time
7: and But it's the outcome that makes yeah, yeah. it's the outcome that uh, makes the difference and you see how they are their militia are stepping up their attacks let's say in in, in Yemen against both against the Saudis and Iraq, against the United States, in in everywhere, and they're constantly trying to build up their their presence in in these countries, as they are in Africa and around the world. It's a, it's a global um, uh, problem, and the they are facing an election that's coming soon too. It's not a question of whether it be hardline, but it's a question of hardline versus more hardline, right. and likely in the next presidency. They will have a, a, a choice of a new supreme leader as well. So the, the uh, they're going through uh, problems. The economic issues are great because of the rise of the price of oil, especially after the airstrikes from the Lucies against Aramco, facility, the largest um, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they have a little bit of a respite with money, but they are desperately in need of the billions of dollars. But they're giving the Americans a, a rough time who, who are anxious to get back to the negotiating table, but saying you have to, and I credit the administration that they're sticking by their guns, that Iran has to move first. But the and Iranians are saying, no, the United States has to, has to move first. But they also have internal pressures about not appearing to, to give in to the U.S. So... um there's so much to be said about um, just the Iranian issue, uh, and you know, Hezbollah delegation visited Russia this week. Lavrov visited the Gulf. The the um, relationships are so intricate, and the um, shipments that are taking place in the presence, and whether the United States is perceived to be reducing its its uh, footprint in the in the region, also impacts strongly what the other side will
1: do unbelievable two quick things although i know that these two issues are never quick um is there a delay in the international criminal court investigation of israel no are they giving Israel some type of opportunity that I read about to to challenge or to protest? or well, everybody has a right to challenge or protest,
7: yeah. but the decision was made to go ahead with the investigation, even though we have a new. There is a new uh, prosecutor chosen who will start in June. The current prosecutor has decided to initiate it, and it has begun. And it is an outrage, and they have no. They have no jurisdiction. They haven't got jurisdiction over Israel. The, the Palestinians have no. Uh, right to bring it the case. They don't have any standing. Um, We've talked about it before, but the the case is proceeding. And finally... It's not the case. It's the preliminary investigation determining whether the case will be heard. And,
1: And finally, we keep reading about and hearing that Saudi Arabia and others are nearing a deal with Israel. I understand that, you know, in the context of history, we need to be a little bit more patient. I get it. But I mean, is is this really happening? Is Saudi Arabia going to pull the trigger on this when you know what the reaction in the Arab world is going to be if they go ahead and, and normalize diplomatic relations with Israel?
7: So if you set the standard at opening an embassy in Jerusalem before normalization, that will probably take some time. There are negotiations going on with several countries right now. But look at the developments that, that have taken place. I gave a speech uh, for the U.N. Association of Civilizations this week and talked about the rise of anti-Semitism and, and pointed out that the brightest note is in the Arab and Muslim world. You see in Europe and everywhere else where governments are not taking the steps necessary, even if they pay lip service, but... Egypt introduced a new, a new curriculum, which is mandatory for their students, part of their their grade average, which, whereas some of the Quranic studies are no longer. They removed the Quranic verses from secular subjects. But this talks about the common values of Islamist Christianity and Judaism and uses Jewish uh, uh, sources. They have changed the textbooks. They are rehabilitating the religious sites. The, uh, the textbooks in Saudi Arabia and UAE similarly going through changes. Morocco radically changed and opening, rebuilding the, the Jewish heritage sites and the all the cemeteries were reha- rehabilitated. They're talking about major conferences there. They teach about the Holocaust. They There are so many changes that we can uh, see that the UAE opening up a $10 billion investment fund in Israel. Egypt is going to have 21 flights a week to Israel and this summer. The things that were unthinkable That and, of course, good news doesn't get much notice. Yeah, but
9: it true. is remarkable
7: that, that with the surge of anti-Semitism globally and stuff, that there is a change taking place. And now we see also, by the way, Israel this week had joint maneuvers with the United States, naval maneuvers, naval maneuvers with France, Cyprus, Greece, and, and Israel, uh, air maneuvers together with the British Royal Air Force, and, and this is in one week. And when we talk about some of the changes that are taking place, and you know I've worked for more than a decade on the Mediterranean Initiative and 20 years on the Gulf Initiative, now we're seeing it merge. I mean, it's, these are potentially massive changes, and hopefully the administration will take advantage and will support it. They, they did pay uh, um, strong, they expressed strong support to, to the uh, expanding the Abraham Accords. But they're real. there are real implications of it. So as we always look to the, to the negatives, that went, and there are more than enough, um, and more than we, we even can touch on in, in a conversation like this, these are really positive developments.
1: No question about it. Next week, Malcolm's advice of what we should be telling our children and grandchildren at the Seder. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week.
7: Uh, we won't, but but everybody should have a Oh, we khat won't khat speak Sameach next week. It's Arab so I won't be here. Oh, but.
1: that's disappointing. When, when do we even do our message of what to tell our children and grandchildren at the Seder?
7: <laughs>
1: I think we gave him enough
7: messages today <laughs> that will last them for the two weeks.
1: <laughs> You're probably right about that. Have a chag kashver Samach and we thank you. Malcolm Holine, of course, is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents major American Jewish organizations, joins us Friday's weekly update here at JMNM. And now that I have my schedule uh, a little bit more straight than I did a minute ago, (laughs) I would assume that our next weekly update, please God, uh, will take place on the 9th of April. Um, uh, The 9th of April, which is uh, uh, the Friday after Pesach, please God. Unless Malcolm has some type of uh, travel commitment for Yom Hashoah or something like that. We'll find out. Uh, Friday morning Erev Shabbos is time, is time each and every Erev every Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week.
10: Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nacho. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of beginning Sefer Vayikra, we begin with Parshas VaYikra, which, according to the Chinuch, contains eleven positive mitzvos and five restrictions. We begin the book of Korbanos. Now, rather than focus as we usually do each week on the specifics of the parsha, I'd like to do something different this Friday today and understand that because next Shabbos is Erev Pesach it's Erev Pesach Shachob Shabbos which is on a Shabbos the usual Shabbos Hagodol drasha that the Rav gives is moved to this Shabbos because in the drasha we focus on the preparations for Pesach, which will have to be done before next Shabbos. So we can't get up next Shabbos and remind the people how to kasher, what can be kashered, etc. and all the many laws of preparation for the Seder. But I'd like to focus specifically this morning on one factor of next Shabbos which really calls our attention, and that is Shalosh Su'udos, the mitzvah of eating the third meal on Shabbos. So let's begin with the halacha of Shalosh Su'udos, commonly known as Shaloshudas. Interestingly, Chapter Reish Tzadi Aleph, two hundred and ninety-one, in Hilchos Shabbos, begins. Zohir Very interesting. One should be exceedingly careful to observe the third meal on Shabbos. If you make a note, you'll see that in Parshas Bishalach. In chapter 16, Pasuk 25, which is dealing with the Mun. So, first of all, I find this so exciting that even though the Mun happened once in Jewish history for the 40 years that they were in the desert, we learn halachos regarding how we are to prepare food in advance. Before Shabbos, the egg that was laid on Shabbos morning cannot be um, imbibed raw on Shabbos. That egg is Muktzah, based upon that which is found within the laws of the Mun. And specifically, I call your attention to 1625 in the book of Shmos, where Moshe says regarding the Mun, Vayomer Moshe, Ichlu hayom, eat it today. Kishabas hayom la Today is Shabbos to Hashem. Hayom today lo sim sa'u basodeh. In that one pasuk, the word hayom is found three times, and our rabbis tell us that this is the source, the asmachto, that from the Torah one is to eat three meals on Shabbos. In other words, the rabbis used the word Hayom three times to teach us that we ought to eat three meals every single Shabbos. Now, the first meal Friday night. Second meal is our Shabbos lunch, which is to begin ideally before chatzos, before mid the day on a regular Shabbos. And then the third meal, Shalish the best time for that, writes the Shulchan of Beis, Zmana, the time is Mishyagiyah Zmana Mincha, from the time of Mincha. And as we know, there's, quote, two times of Mincha, Mincha Gedola, which is from six and a half hours into the day. So from six and a half hours, which means approximately half an hour after the uh, noon, okay? Half an hour after mid the day is the time for mincha. And it goes until, um, on a regular Shabbos, until sunset. One should try to certainly wash before shkia, before sunset. But this is the rule on a regular Shabbos. The problem is next Shabbos. Now, this forthcoming Shabbos, Erev Pesach, which is on a Shabbos. So what are we to do? Well, let's begin by saying it's Shabbos, and therefore I am to have three meals. Now the question is, where are you going to be? Are you at home? Are you at a hotel? That's number one. And do you have children, small children? Are you more nervous? Are you a person that, come on, uh, I like a challenge? Whatever it is, I'll try to present the different options, and that is as follows. Halacha tells us that even if you're on a diet, you don't have to have kugel, or certainly not a second piece of kugel, but at each of your Shabbos meals, you are to have pas. Pas is bread. Okay, so we know every Friday night, every Shabbos lunch, there is two loaves, two challah, or to matzah, whatever you use, under the covering when we recite the Kiddush, and the halacha says, just know that should you forget Ritzei, either or Friday night or Shabbos lunch, because you had to wash, you have to repeat the Birkaz Hamazon again with the added paragraph. For shalosh su'udos. How about shalosh So shalosh all year long, the Mechaber writes, zorech, and this is in Reish Sariyalef Hei, tzoruch la sosa you should have bread as well for shalosh su'udos. Ah, oh. and then he quotes v'yish omrim, there are those that say, and he's quoting the tour. In the name of the Rush, okay, and the name of the Tosefta, there are those that say, you can satisfy the obligation of shalosh sudos, of shaloshudis, with any kind of a dish, mi'achad meaning with mizonos, something which comes from one of the five grains, wheat, barley. Rye, oats, and spelt. By the way, these are the five grains from which you can, and only these can you make matzah. These are the five grains that only these can come to chametz. And interestingly, as a quick aside, rice is not included in these five grains, so rice for sure is not chametz. And as we know, svardim to have the practice of eating rice on Pesach. Ashkenazim have accepted upon themselves way back, right, hundreds of years ago, xeras kitneos, that we don't eat legumes, including in that category rice and corn as well be it that there are sometimes mixtures of other grains, etc., or the confusion that one can make with other grains, the bottom line is we don't have rice on Pesach. Now, here we go. Yesh umrim. the um, Mechaber continues and says in the name of Tosmos that you can have even those foods that accompany knows without the bread itself and even without Mizonos you can have basar, some meat, dogim fish, but not fruit. And then he says in the name of the Ran that Yesh omrim a filibaperos, even with fruit, one can satisfy their obligation of come on, come on, shalosh sudos. And then he tells you Rishona but really I'm going with the first opinion Klasosa Really you should do it with bread. Okay? If you can't, ah oh. Now one second, because of this, that since there are those that say you didn't have to wash, ideally you should wash for shalash shudas. And that's something that I can say as the Shulchan says, shalash shudas is an obligation for men and women. There's no difference when it comes to shalash shudas. So even though men, when we were able to eat and shul, very often men had, had their uh, shalosh sudos in shul, and hopefully that will return, you know, Bikarov in our days, quickly when COVID is over. However, at home, men and women are to have shalosh sudos. But now a very interesting point. As I mentioned before, if one forgot ritzay at shalosh sudos, all year long, you don't have to repeat because you didn't have to have the challah or the matzah. The idea is it's most preferable, but not obligatory. Okay, says the Ramah, what about a place where you can't have bread, namely next Shabbos? According to the halacha, one can have chametz next Shabbos, Erev Pesach, until, listen carefully now, from the Torah mid the day. The puzzle in Pashas Re'ei says, Lo sochal love chametz, which means you're not to eat chametz when you have the Korban Pesach. The Korban Pesach was brought from midday and on. Oh, so from the Torah, I can eat my chametz till mid the day, This time of the year, approximately one o'clock. However, the rabbi said, oh no, we move it back two hours, and therefore the latest time in the New York area to eat chametz, please God, next Shabbos morning is 10.32, okay? According to the Gra, uh, it's 10.56, but happenings once a year, we try to be machmir like the mugging of rum, we finish eating our chametz at 10.32. So. Here we go. Friday night, you're going to have your meal. Now let's think, what kinds of foods are you having with your Friday night and Shabbos lunch, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, meal? It's clearly foods that are kosher le Pesach, because from Shabbos we go right into Pesach. You can't have chametz sticker uh, pots and chametz sticker food around. So, Friday night, all the food is going to be kosher le Pesach except. Now what is the except? I need Lechem Mishnah. I need two loaves. What are those two loaves going to be? So certainly they could and ideally should be two challah rolls. How many people are there in the house? Just mommy and daddy? Two challah rolls are going to do it. Two for Friday night, two for Shabbos day. Now watch. What does that mean? Two. You're going to be very careful how you eat your chametz. You're going to eat it over a napkin, over some paper towel. So the crumbs don't literally get anywhere. And these crumbs, either you're going to finish or Shabbos morning, they will be flushed with the chametz, come on, that you have. Those, uh, you've burnt the chametz on Friday morning those 10 perurim and other chametz from your search. But now, the crumbs that you have left over and any leftover challah that you have, if you have a larger challah, many more people at your table, if there is challah left over, you're going to flush it after 10.32 on Shabbos morning. So you're going to be careful. And you're going to have... Either or, very careful. If you're having disposable plates, make it easier for mommy. Get nice disposable plates for the Shabbos and plastic silverware, etc. So it's easy for mommy and we throw everything away. Very good. Now, so Friday night is no problem. Uh, I'll come back to egg matzah in a moment. Shabbos morning, here goes. You have to finish your chames by 10.32. No problem. You're going to go and daven early. You're going to come home and eat your meal. And as long as you had your chum, by 10.32. Now what? Well, I'm, I can. my meal can continue after 10.32. I'm not going to eat any challah during that meal. My meal can continue to um, 11, 11.30, Zmiros, Devretor, etc. And we finish the second meal of the day. Now what? I need shalosh su'udos. Okay, so the ramad told us what to do. I can't eat chametz because it's after the time. I can't eat matzah. Why? There's a separate halacha that says you can't eat matzah on Erev Pesach. Why? Some people have a minhog; They stop from Purim. Some people have a minhog and they stop from Rosh Chodesh, Nisan. But you're not allowed to. It's or to eat matzah on Erev Pesach because our rabbis wanted you to have uh, that when you eat the matzah at the Pesach Seder it should be new, exciting and fresh not this matzah, oh I saw you before last night for my Friday night meal and Shabbos morning for my Shabbos meal I've seen you already, you're nothing really special so the answer is I can't eat matzah And I uh, can't eat chametz, so you got me. So this one shalosh su I'm going to listen to the ramah, and I'm going to have either or some k'nedlach, or I'm going to have some uh, fish, some meat, depending upon how late in the afternoon it is. Try not to go after four o'clock so that we do go into the Pesach Seder with an appetite. And that's it. I take care of my shalosh shodos like that. Okay. Now, listen carefully. Let's introduce egg matzah. So first of all, what kind of matzah can't one eat on Erev Pesach? You can't eat the matzah that you could satisfy the mitzvah of matzah with at the Seder, which is Lechem Oni, which is the bread comprised of flour and water. Once I put eggs into the mix, once I put fruit juices into the mix. It's no longer Lechem Oni. So, listen carefully. Friday night, I can have egg matzah, okay? Even Ashkenazim, who don't eat egg matzah during Pesach, Shabbos morning, so I don't have to have any chametz in my house going into Shabbos. No chametz in my house going into Shabbos, period. I have egg matzah Friday night. I treat it Two egg matzah as my Lechem Mishnah. Two egg matzah as my Lechem Mishnah. Shabbos morning. Oh, now, listen carefully, Ashkenazim, and I don't mean to insult the Svardim, but our practice is that we don't eat egg matzah on Pesach, and so we would, come on, stop eating the egg matzah by 10.32. Chas v'shalom. I did not say it's the dirty word starting with a ches ending with a tzaddik, because our Sphardic brethren eat it. For them, they can have egg matzah for their third meal in the afternoon. Ah, okay. Now, so far, so good. I've had chametz Friday night, chametz Shabbos morning, and I've had fruit, fish in the afternoon. Good. One more option. The Vilna Gaon says that you can split the Shabbos morning meal. What does that mean? You're getting up early, and you're home from shul, hopefully around 8, 8 8.30 the latest. I have two hours between 8.30 and 10.30 to have two meals. What does that mean? At 8.30 I wash with challah, and... I have the first course. I have a little Dvar I get up. I take a walk. I leave the house. Shinoi Makom. I washed at the first course. I benched. I finished my first meal. I leave the house. I come back 15-20 minutes later. Uh, and I wash again. What is this washing again? This is Shalosh Suudos. This is my third meal, and once again, I have calculated I need two more chalas, or technically even only one, but better to have two, and once again, I'm going to be finished with my chala at this shala shudas by 10.32. That's 100% acceptable, but... There are those that say, wait a minute. Didn't you say before that you're supposed to have shalosh suudos in the afternoon? Isn't it that ideally Friday night we dive in and then we eat? Shabbos morning we dive in and then we eat. Shabbos afternoon throughout the year we dive in mincha and then we eat. Correct. But this Shabbos, I can't do that. So the Gra, the Vilna nagon, is siding with the Ran. And the Rajbah, who say that you can have Shalosh Su'udos even before Chatzos in the morning. Uh, Unlike Tosvos and the Rush and the Rambam, who say no, Shaloshudos can only be in the afternoon. But to satisfy those that say you can, now listen carefully, you can't just bench. And go to the sink and wash again. That's going to be a bracha she'en no sricha. That's going to be a bracha that wasn't necessary. You've got to do, as I've said, get up, get out, shinu yimakom, change your location from where you were eating before, start again, finish by 1032, you're eating of chametz, and that would be. Finally, the mission of, excuse me, the orach brings that on this Shabbos, the b'shim Basically, the author of the Zohar says, okay, he solved the problem by having a Dvar Torah. What does that mean? He says, you got me. I can't eat matzah. I can't eat chametz. So there's no obligation of shalos su'udos on this Shabbos. Just know that opinion because some people have taken from this and said, ah, oh, shalos you don't have to have shalos you can have a Dvar Torah. Yeah. When is the last time that this occurred? in what, 2008, 12 years ago? Amazing, listen carefully. Because 12 years, no, 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 no. Every Shabbos you should try very hard to have Shalosh Shudas. And I have to tell you, go back to the beginning of Reish Sadi Aleph and look at the Mishnah Brewer at the very beginning and he tells you that Kolamakayim, su Suudos If you satisfy su dos, three meals on Shabbos, you are saved from further unfortunate, bad happenings that can come later on in our lifetime, after our lifetime. It's a very important meal. Now think about it. On a regular Yom Tov, Pesach is coming, Yom Tov, you only have to have two meals. You show that Shabbos is special every week by eating that third meal. And I hope that our talking about Shabbos, about Shalashudas on Shabbos, will would, would, reinforce those who might not have been so careful all year long to now becoming more careful about eating It's not how much you eat at the Shalosh Su'udos meal, it's the very fact that you're having a meal. You're washing, you're benching, you have a Dvar Torah, you sing Zmiros, all this is in honor of the Shabbos. I'd like to just conclude with the following idea and to connect what we're going to be doing Shabbos morning with what we're going to be doing at the Pesach Seder. And that is, hurry up, hurry up. In the morning we're hurrying up, which is to finish our chametz by 10.32. And in the evening, you're hurrying up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Finish your Afikoma before Chatzos. Why? Because remember, this is such a beautiful idea. We are eating the Afikoman, to remind us of the Korban Pesach that had to be eaten before mid-night this year, 101 in the morning. Why? Because they celebrated before it happened. What happened at, at mid-night? The then God killed the, the firstborn of Egypt. Then Paro said, get out. Ah! Oh, then... People could say, oh, now I can celebrate. But we, as a Jewish people, celebrate even before it happened. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating our Ah. Oh, I am telling you, my friends, that all this shows one thing. Focus on that beautiful word, what we read Last Shabbos, where the Torah tells us, in the second Sefer Torah, regarding the Korban Pesach, You are to eat it quickly. Hurry up, hurry up. Come on, all of us remember our mothers. They should all be well, rest in peace. All said to us, what? Come on, eat slowly. Not the Pesach. Why? Because we are L'mala minazman." We are beyond the time. We are a people that are not just past, present, and future, but we are not time-bound. And the fact that we are hurrying in the morning, hurrying in the evening, this is a way of our holding on to Nitzrius, to the eternity of our peoplehood. And I close with a beautiful Soprano, Take out the Sopurno in Barathees, chapter 41, verse 14. Yosef is in jail for 12 years. When he comes to Paro, they don't say they brought him to Paro. What does the Torah say? They rushed him from the jail to Paro. Says the Sopurno, Like Hashem does all of his Salvations for the Jewish people, okay, and therefore he brings the raya from Pesach. Kigorshumi mitzrayim. We were chased out of Egypt. Not just we left Egypt. No. And listen carefully. So too is it going to be, please God, in the future, as the Navi Malachi says in chapter three, verse one. What does it say there? Pis'om y'ov'o el Hecholo Suddenly, will come to his heichal, to his palace. Ho'adon asher atem Moshiach is going to come, my friends, pis'om, suddenly. It's going to happen very, very quickly. So as we go into this week, before Shabbos HaGadol, the excitement of preparing for Pesach, the excitement of this year being in Erev Shabbos, Shachol Erev Pesach, Shachol B'Shabos. Wow, all this reminds us how special we are. We're part of that special people, that we are a people of B'chipozon, Lamalo menateva, the supernatural uh, being, HaKadosh Baruch who guides us, has and will in the future. And that's why we are so excited because as the Torah that we're going to read next Shabbos reminds us, Lifnei Bo Yom Hashem HaGodol Mashiach is on his way. The next redemption, the third base on Middash is coming. That's the excitement that we all have to feel. Hurry up, hurry up. By 10.32 next Shabbos morning and by by 101 next Motsoe Shabbat, at your first Pesach Seder. Shabbat Shalom to all. Thank you so much, Rabbi Yudin.
1: Amazing words about this coming Shabbos and about next Shabbos, of course. This Shabbos that so many rabbis use the opportunity to address the congregation and the community about Pesach and, of course, next Shabbos, which is officially Shabbos HaGadol. Eref Pesach. Friday morning broadcast, candlelighting at six So we're on daylight savings time, so candlelighting at 6.47. You know about the campaign. It's called It Takes Two. You know how it started. A regular balabas insisted, and I accepted, to be chairman of a campaign to just encourage people to do random acts of chesed before yontif. And we've been joined by some great people. Yesterday's conversation with David Sable was unbelievable. And yesterday's conversation with Rabbi Uyalgus, go to ncsygreatadventure.com and buy tickets for underprivileged families and so they'll have a holomoid activity. You can't imagine how much simcha and joy. Simchas yamtuf, you'll bring them. Yesterday, uh, during the live lunch, I said, do you know the difference for a kid sitting down at the Seder next Saturday night when he knows that Tuesday he's going to Six Flags with his friends? And the kid who sits down at the Seder and knows he has nothing to do, I know it sounds insane, but I'm telling you, you have to take my word for it, folks. It's such a chesed, such a big difference. And you know the list of stuff we've been recommending, whether it's gift cards or alleviating some of the pressure people have in terms of everything they have to buy before Pesach, or dry cleaning, or leaving a small bottle of wine on someone's door and wishing them well for the Seder, or sending flowers, or whatever it is. But remember to point here, it takes two. When you get the big thank you, when they call you to say thank you, don't tell them to pay it forward. That sometimes can take years. And don't say you're welcome. Just say all I ask is that you do a similar thing for someone else before next Friday night, before Erev Pesach, before Yom Tov begins. We have found another regular Bala bus, right? Because that was the condition originally. No rabbis, no fundraising, no donation suggestions, although again, if someone contacts me off the air about who to give Mo's to, we have some great funds. That's not an issue, but not on the air. We're not doing any fundraising. We're not pushing any organization. Regular Bala Bus. Our next regular Bala Bus who's joining us is with us live via telephone, and he and I have decided that we are going to dedicate this conversation in memory of the great Lobo, Chaim Silber, who for some reason was always before Rosh Hashanah, I think because it was the end of the baseball season. Uh, he didn't do it with me a lot before Pesach, but every Rosh Hashanah, he would come on and talk about uh, doing nice things for people and how they you could change someone's life with the smallest of kind gestures. So this conversation will be a memory of Lobo. And with us live via telephone is a plain old Bala bus, and that's the great Steve Adelsberg. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
8: No, it's good to be here, but you really got to get out more. <laughs> <laughs> well, got to get out and want to meet some people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? You think I'm ranting too much this week about this? Is that the problem? No, nah, I,
8: I don't know what, Listen, David's is a good guy. David Sable, but you, you really went downhill today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're scraping the barrel. So when when I said regular bala boss, I'm I'm really I'm upgrading you, huh? <laughs>
8: Oh, Hello? Hello? Maybe you'll get me my high school diploma
1: now from MTA. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, speaking of high school, and again, I don't know what kind of experience you had, but I'll start with this. You know what it's like when a kid is sitting home bored doing nothing chalamoid and goes back to school and breaks that news to his friends that he basically you know, couldn't go anywhere or do anything because of his parents' situation, unfortunately.
8: I asked my Rav, Rabbi Pluchuk, he goes, how come, you know, weren't you part of a Pesach program? This is many, many years ago. He goes, how can I go away Pesach? Rav, it's a good time to go away. Everyone's going away. It's a good time to get away. And he says, everyone does go away, except those who don't go away. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can't go away because, hey, that's not in the budget. There's a yeshiva bill to pay. And they stay home. And he says, a guy stays home, and he says, even my rabbi goes away? Ooh. Even my rabbi Ooh.
9: can't say.
8: So he, just, so he told me, he says, Pesach, he's with, he's with people, he's home. So you could do so so many things. Because, listen, we grew up, if the Yankee opener was over Pesach, you had a matzo oh, sandwich at Yankee are Stadium with Chase Stadium.
1: Are you kidding me? You know how many holomoid <laughs> days I spent? There was a holomoid, I think it was 98, where I went to a Yankee game at Chase Stadium. Do you remember that? I remember, it. Sure do. That was because of the when the thing collapsed in Yankee Stadium, they moved everything to Shea for mm-hmm. that day. Was in '98, I think it was. I don't, I don't remember if it was that far back. But anyway, we're now again we're die. You know, Lobo's looking down from above. And he was shocked we didn't start by to- by talking about the Yankees and look at this. We drifted right into it. So we, we got to get but, back. Well,
8: we- if we're doing memory of Lobo, I want you to know, I'm, I'm sitting in my bathrobe. <laughs> I don't think Ro- Lobo and never got out of his bathroom before 3 o'clock.
1: So. You're go- you're going the Lobo casual route, I see. That's Lobo, casual. What, a, what, what Lobo a, casual. what a way to remember him. Now, we remember him here a little bit differently, Steve. He was somebody who every year came on to remind us how important it is to do nice things for people out there. And I have a transcript of a conversation I had with him five years ago. And all he did was, all he did in this case, I mean, we, we talk about a lot of different cases, he brought an ice cream truck to the bungalow colony three I'm reading from here 300 kids lined up for ice cream during the game right they were playing of course they were playing a game you know uh, and he and of course he funded it and he brought in the truck and then the last day of the season um, everybody you know th- the winning team the losing team everybody was invited to go get ice cream and he says the following this is Lobo speaking. The point is, years from now, those kids are going to be saying, 20, 30, 40 years ago, when they were adults, you know what, we had a great time when we were kids, we played sports, somebody, we don't remember his name anymore, bought us ice cream, it was such an amazing bracha, he actually asked us to make a bracha, that was the whole, that was the whole condition. And I'm smiling, this is Lobo talking, I'm smiling talking about it, it was the greatest, greatest kind of thing you could do for kids and others. The other teams were happy with us because... They, we bought ice cream for them as well. And look, this is a small gesture and an innovative one and a creative one. But, you know, for a few bucks or, you know, with a little bit of effort, you could really transform um, kids forever. I mean, he says that, you know, and I believe it. These kids will remember what happened that day 30, 40 years from now. So all we're asking, Steve, is that – and you're a plain old balabust like me. All we're doing, me and you, are asking people – to find creative, even small, inexpensive, if need be, ways to help somebody or to reach out to somebody before Yuntif and when they say thank you, encourage them to do the same thing for someone else before next Friday night. It's as simple as that. Now, do you want me to give you some examples, or you you already heard my list enough times? Well, well the first
8: thing I want to tell people just to give the idea: when we were when we were kids, just getting a driver's license. And the and the tolls weren't so expensive. Mm. There was no easy pass, of course. Mm. Correct. We used to pay the toll to the guy behind. Right. us. Right. <laughs> Remember and we, that. And the, and the guy behind us didn't know us from Adam. Correct. And he would try to catch up. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks. And it just, it just correct. <laughs> and like he was, the guy us was so curious. Who just helped me? Who did that? Who did that? And we were kids, so we were having a good time with it. But you think about it, yep. doing something for somebody when they don't know it, giving that kid that I love to give kids that baseball tickets of sports yep. tickets. You know, because you know if a client calls me, I said, "Hey, go and go and stuff up and go buy it." Right. But if it, if someone calls you for their son to take a kid to a game. Listen, that's the, that's one of the memories I have of my father over showing mm-hmm. the first game. Everyone remembers the first game they went to. Oh yes. So it's uh it's that's really you can make it, it little things makes a difference.
1: No question about it. And everybody out there, you know the whole point of this it takes two slogan that we came up with. We want everybody to simply spread the word by when when people thank you for what you've done, make sure to say to them, try to do the same thing for somebody else before yuntif And by the way, Steve, you know, you, you just said tickets speak to you, which I get. Everyone's got their thing. Everyone's got the thing that they like to do for others. Some buy gift cards at supermarkets and distribute them to, you know, people who they know, you know, can 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 use a little less pressure, financial pressure before Pesach. Other people like to, you know, d- d- send flowers or deliver wine bottles or take their kids along and, you know, demonstrate doing something nice for somebody. There's a million possibilities if people get creative. Last Friday, Steve... Last Friday, someone starts saying to me, "Oh, I don't know, I can't think of any." about twenty seconds later, I had given them five great ideas. I mean, great ideas how they can go ahead and reach out to somebody and and you know and and do something small that's really something big.
8: Well, you know something that's very interesting. I will tell you right now, how many mechanchling do you think have borrowed money yep. from the path of least resistance? Yep, and that's credit cards. Yep, areibayim. I'm a They're all in credit card debt. Yep. And it's not so difficult to find, because all you have to do is find and you give the guy a loan. You give him a loan. You say, "Hey, hey, just you pay off your credit card debt, and the payment you were making, pay me my principal back, right? Or whatever you could
1: afford." What? A, that's an unbelievable gesture. I mean, that really is amazing. You're taking so, a guy who's now going to pay twenty-four percent. Right. Twenty-four percent. You're saving he, someone from a loan shark, basically. Exactly.
8: Exactly. A legal loan shark. Correct. And that's something that's very simple. And, uh, and that's why thing. I
1: say when people say, oh, there are no poor people in my community. What are you talking about? A poor person doesn't mean someone who's homeless. A poor mm-hmm. person means someone who's, who's thinking, how are they going to make Pesach in a week? And, and I'm, again, mm-hmm. I'm not calling them poor. I'm just saying that there, there's so many people on two good salaries. Their are families on two good salaries who have a lot of kids, and they're not able to do it. it, it, it it's an impossible lachatz that, that's on them at the moment.
8: Oh, it's amen. an it's an unbelievable thing. I mean the pressure that our parents have from the tuition. Yeah. The tuition is a crippling thing and it's the number one thing in our minds to educate our children. Yeah. And you have people thinking alternatives, but the alternatives are – they don't think alternatives. It's like if they want to be on scholarships, the kid the kid can go to sleepaway camp. Yeah.
1: That's so right. Like, and for and, some people that's a more important form of education than school. I hate to say tell you. <laughs> No, you're seriously. Talk, you're talking to someone to machin and massage. Exactly. So two months <laughs> during the summer sometimes is more impressionable on the kid than the 10 months during the year.
8: But there's so many little things you could do. And it's not only just money. I know it's like, you know, picking up a phone and calling yep. a widow. Yep. Not just this Pesach. Because yep. It's just every Friday. Yep. Every, you know, it doesn't say it doesn't say a poor widow. It doesn't say a rich widow. It's a widow. Someone who everyone kind of said, hey, I guess she's doing okay.
1: Do you want me to replace you on my Friday list with someone who needs a call more than you do, Steve? Is that what, it, you're, it, is that it, what you're hinting at right now?
11: I, I can always use a call. You know that. I can always you, don't, use a
1: call. you don't want to be eliminated from that list, huh? <laughs>
11: All
1: right, I will try to.
8: Look, Friday. You know what? You know what, you know what I, did? I have a friend. Yeah. And he's a, fr- he's a friend from when I was a little kid. Yeah. And we went to camp together. His name is Joseph Allahan. Now, we went to camp together, and I have to say, I know for 10 years his birthday was August 10th because every year we got a birthday cake at the table nice. at the camp. We sang nice. to him, Eleven. So, like, two couple years ago, I remember the date August 10th stated. I called his law office. I asked for him. He goes... Steve Adelsberg, I go, yeah, I'm just here to call and wish you a happy birthday. 50 years ago, you just get a birthday, and you get every day on your birth, every cake, every day, every year on your birthday. He said, what? I mean, it just blew him away.
1: Steve it just blew him away. Steve, we've had, I'm being serious now, we've had unbelievable stories this week. You have no idea how fantastic a story that is. I can only imagine how you made him feel. And what kind of smile you brought to his face? That is that is so out of my playbook. I'm so glad I put you on this morning. That is so wonderful. That is so. That, that got all these years later. You're remembering it and you and you act on it. And everybody out there, uh, you know, the Friday lists that some people have. You can make them a little longer today. We have an extra hour today. Candle lighting in this area is not till six forty seven. You can keep Steve Adelsberg on your list, and you could add somebody else to your list. And those phone calls they go a long way. They go a long way. That smile stays on someone's face for a lot longer than the twenty seconds of a phone call. So there are a lot of creative ideas, a lot of ways to reach out to people, a lot of ways to wish them a wonderful yontif, and to show them that you're thinking about them this yontif. And you know. As we've been saying from the start of this whole thing. From when I accepted the chairmanship. Steve, <laughs> That's a big Steve, thing. Steve, you know, you know how, Chairman Siegel. You know how reluctant I am to accept chairmanships. I don't accept any chairmanship. But in this case I said, Okay, you want me to be chairman, I'll be chairman. <laughs>
8: <laughs> see, what one thing I have to say to you, Nachum, see you told me that the Ballabas is a really, really good guy and he doesn't want his name mentioned. Correct. And Nachum told me that, and I said right beforehand. I I got on a minute before. I had a watch record. I had I had a which, I had to go and uh, call him. I have his number. Yeah. And I said, "Hey, I'm going on the air on your idea." Yeah. I said, "And guess what? I heard you don't know want your name mentioned." And I said, "Too bad, <gasps> but I I'm mentioning your name." But all I could say is, "Those who know me, those who know me, I've known this individual for fifty years."
1: I didn't realize that.
8: Fifth, I mean. I would say I, I met his. I became best friends with his brother in 1970 when we went. When we he left Flatbush, I left MTA, and we went to NYU Business School together. Wow! It, and he had a brother four years, and we've been friends ever since.
1: Wow! I didn't even realize that. Now, it's amazing. Everyone we put on has connections to our original, to the real, <laughs> to the real, <laughs> to the real chairman. <laughs> well, well, basically, you know, you
8: know, there the six it was a, What do they call it, the
1: sixth? Yeah, six degrees, yeah. Six degrees? In this what case, it's like, two, you, it's like it's two degrees. It's a lot degrees. closer than yeah, six it's like, degrees. It's like two yeah. degrees. Anyway, Steve Adelsberg, a regular ball of bus. If you see him over Shabbos, go over to him and say, hi, good job, his regular ball of bus. i it. just a regular guy.
8: He'll, ta- he'll, he'll
1: take it as a compliment, folks. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> With all the titles he's gotten over the years, believe me, he's going to take it as a compliment. Uh, Steve Adelsberg and I encourage everybody, hop on the bandwagon. We have started a viral Chesed um, rocket ship that just keeps on going. And I hope everybody out there utilizes the next week to just bring this thing home. Please continue to do nice things for people, especially before Yontif. Tell them that it's with Yontif in mind and encourage them when they thank you to do the same thing before next Friday for somebody else. Steve Edelsberg, you know what it's like to do nice things for people. For that, I will thank you. And for that, I will uh, thank you for helping us encourage people to, uh, to think of others at this time of year.
8: Thank you, Nachum. Only We
1: should have the sorrow tovot, Amen. And this conversation is in memory of the amazing Chaim Lobo Silber, who would have gotten tremendous nachas from being part of a campaign like this. Friday morning broadcast at JMNAM. My thanks to Steve Edelsberg. Yet another regular Bala bus coming on, not to fundraise, not to tell you where to hit the donate button, not to promote an organization, just to remind people, do something nice for someone else. Think of someone else. Too many of us don't think of, of someone else. Just think of someone else and act on it. JM in the AM, a couple of reminders. First of all, this coming Tuesday, our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms bring you the OU Pesach products program. Starts at 7.30 this coming Tuesday with our full panel. If you um, have a question for our panel, send it to nachum at nachumsegel.com. Subject line Pesach. Subject line Pesach. Simple as that. All right, so take advantage. And also... Speaking of Aaron's Casino Farms, if you make it there today, make sure you have enough A&H salamis. I got four hanging on my porch. I think that's good for the uh, for the uh, Shabbos and Yontav afternoons next weekend. Good snacking uh, possibilities. AH has 92% of its products, Kosher le Pesach. So if you're looking for hot dog, salami, corned beef, pastrami, a whole bunch of stuff for Pesach, go to our friends at AH, Abel's and Hyman, you'll be glad you did. Judaica, very important this time of year, Judaica. The Talasim sale is on right now at shopeichlers.com. Go to shopiklers.com. Every talus imaginable, from the most creative to the most traditional, 15% off right now. You want your new talus for Pesach? I don't blame you. Why wouldn't you? Now is the time. Go to shopiclers.com, shopiklers.com. Same-day delivery to all the neighborhoods that we always mention. Same-day delivery. How they do it, I don't know. It's some type of magical formula that they have. They could be at your house in Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Jackson, Lakewood. They could be there today. Same day. Could you imagine? Shopiclose.com. Check out all the categories of Judaica. Everything you need for the Seder is there. All the Machzorim are up there. And, of course, the uh, brand-new Talos awaits you at 15% off. Go to com. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Oh, and one final reminder. If you didn't order the book, the Living Legend, if you didn't order the book yet about Rabbi Grossman, you're you're making a mistake. I'm serious. And I bet your listener Morris agrees with me. You are making a mistake. It is such a life-changer, that book. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. The book is called Living Legend about Rabbi Grossman, who was on the air with us this week. Go to artscroll.com. If you use promo code radio, you get your discount and free shipping. How many times can I say it? Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Oh, and I want to thank I want to thank David Le- David Levy. He just made a donation to us in memory of his mother, Lillian Levy, Gittel Basmoshe. Her 28th yard site is this Shabbos. L'zecher nishmas, Thank you to David and the Levy family from all of us here at JM in the AM. Become a memory,
0: so throw- say good job because all your work is done I'm gonna spend a day together with the holy one say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine man and his creator it's a very special sign.
5: Your candles will be burning. They'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos.
0: Well, in
1: We are with you, brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you at your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web and alcomsingle network and of course the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday here at JAM. Thanks to Harry Rothenberg, thanks to Rabbi Yudin, thanks to Malcolm Holmline, thanks to Steve Adelsberg, and thanks to all of you. Think of creative ways to do chesed. Go to ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. Order your tickets for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and donate tickets. Click on the Donate pad and donate tickets so that underprivileged families and children can go have a good time on Chol HaMoled. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek starts at 10 a.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people like Kedem. Erev Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by the wonderful people like Kedem. Final hour at a quarter to six later on Eastern Time. Brought to you by wonderful people like Kedem. I'm Rami tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Matis this Sunday with JM Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Monday morning, I'll speak with you here at JM and A.M. Thanks so much for everything, everybody. Have a wonderful Shabbos, great weekend. Till uh, Monday, Nahum Siegel reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.